0: Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all, all, things things geek. all things geek.
1: Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica. I will be your host today as we talk about Gallifrey One. With me today is Temple of Geek's Who Review host, Doc in the Box, and cosplayer and costume designer, Lady of Time Cosplay. Welcome to the podcast, guys.
0: That's going?
1: Thanks. <laughs> uh, before we uh, get started, can you please introduce yourselves to our listeners and give them a little bit of background about yourself?
2: Yeah, so I'm Lady of Time cosplayer Elizabeth. Um, I've been cosplaying since I jumped feet first into going to cons and went to New York Comic Con as my first con. Um, so I started cosplaying my first one in 2012, and I I think I made my first costume for my first Gallifrey one actually. Um, which I believe was 2014. So I've just been cosplaying and mostly I do Doctor Who stuff, but a little bit of Disney on the side too.
0: <laughs> well, um, Nate, uh, also known as Doc in the Box. Uh, I came into Doctor Who, I guess you could say a little late into the game. It was mid, like I think, Matt Smith era. I'm not sure what, what year that was. Um, started getting heavy into the show, uh, went to a convention, dressed up as a tent doctor with this uh, thrift store, <laughs> thrift store suit that i look back and think like man i i wore that but yeah i did you know because i just i just wanted to dress up as a character um later on i started making rory williams uh memes like he was uh what's it called um um what's that dude
1: Oh, Chuck Norris!
0: Yeah, he like he was Chuck Norris, <laughs> <laughs> and then I wanted to post them, but I didn't want to, like annoy my friends and family with like what the hell is this? So I made a Doctor <laughs> Who account, and then the rest is history.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen those. I'll have to look at them sometime.
1: Go <laughs> we'll back into his older stuff. It's pretty great. Like his original <laughs> memes are like amazing. <laughs> Okay, so um, I guess, Liz, how did you discover Gallifrey One? And you talked a little bit about how many years you've been attending.
2: Yeah, I think I probably just saw it online somewhere. I don't remember exactly where it might have been, Tumblr or Facebook or something. I'm not sure. Um, But basically what happened was my parents were going to give me a trip to L.A. for my uh, high school graduation present, and I found out that Galfrey One was a thing. And so I'm like, can we go in February so we can go to this? And my mom was like, sure. And I had so much fun and I just keep coming back every year, um, partly because it's, mostly because it's a great con, but also because it's a nice break for me being, you know, on the East Coast and it's the middle of winter. <laughs> but yeah, my first one was 2014. I had to look it up, but because I, I know that that was the year that Billy Piper came and that was really cool um yeah so I think this past one was that that would make my past one like my sixth galley I think or fifth I'm not I think it's six if I count right I'm not sure
1: (laughs) that's a really long time (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) but I love it it's so much fun so you know why wouldn't I come back every year
0: awesome uh see for for myself for for us I think I don't remember who who told us specifically, but I remember it was like at least a year into us watching the show at some point, someone mentioned the Doctor Who convention and we're like, what?
1: I remember Googling it and it came up, um, you know, Gallifrey One, it's in February, it was in Los Angeles and we live in Los Angeles. And so, um, you know, I Googled it and I was like, oh, it's already sold out. And by a last minute chance, uh, we ended up getting tickets to that.
0: Yeah. It was Uh, an unfortunate chance. Um, they couldn't, the other people couldn't go, um, but it allowed us to get uh, into the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was, I think that was 2014.
0: It had been like five years ago. I think this is, I think this is our fifth galley. This is our fifth galley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of how we came about it. Um, So Gallifrey One, for those of you that don't know, um, they describe themselves as uh, the world's largest and longest running Doctor Who fan convention. It's a fully nonprofit event founded in 1989 by um, active fans in the local Los Angeles science fiction fandom. Gallifrey One has run events annually since 1990. And... Um, all but the first two occurring in February, and has over time become one of the world's most popular fan-run themed events devoted to Doctor Who classic and new television series and its spin-offs, including Torchwood, Class, and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, this past February, two weeks ago, um, they celebrated their thirtieth anniversary. Um, Liz. And also Nate, but first Liz, what is your personal description of what Gallifrey One is? How would you describe it to someone who has never gone before?
2: It is pretty much the best Doctor Who event that you can go to that's not some official thing because it's fan run. You know that the people who are running it really, really love what they're doing and they really, really want to put on the best show possible. So it's you know, even though there's a lot of people there, it doesn't feel big. It's nice because it, it, it's they keep it smaller on the smaller side of things. It's not this big, huge production every year. And it's just fun because there's all sorts of things. There's something for, you know, the classic fans and the new fans. And like you said, if you're a fan of the spinoffs, too. And it's just, you know, it's got something for every single Doctor Who fan. Like, if you know anything about Doctor Who, like, anything about Doctor Who, you would love coming to this to this event, basically.
0: Excellent. What about you, Nate? Uh, for me, I, think, I guess I would describe Gallifrey One as, as community. Like, yeah, it's a convention. Yeah, you've got, like, cosplay, and you've got, like, all these panels and stars. But it's, what it, to me, feels like is it's, it's community you have all these people here who love one thing it's not like a huge comic con where it's like everyone is there for a bunch of different reasons everyone's there for the exact same thing and it's great to just have everyone excited and together and sharing the one thing that they love with everyone around them and it's it's just a big huge community to me
1: that's excellent um for me i would have to say that doctor who is like a safe place for who Like you don't have to um, downplay your passion, your excitement and your obsession for Dr. Who because everybody else is just as invested. Like everybody else there is going for the same reasons you are. And that's to celebrate their fandom. So you can just geek out as hard as you can fly your geek flag as high as you like. And you don't have like a fear of, you know, feeling uncomfortable or people not getting it. Everybody there absolutely gets it. Everybody there is, um, it's kind of like Nate said, like a community, but also the programming it's three solid days of like programming. Excellent, excellent programming. Um, you know, about every niche thing and every big thing in Dr. Who. And that's kind of the best way that I could describe Gallifrey one. Um, it's also known as a galley or galley one it's the largest doctor who convention but um, in terms of size and attendance uh, how would you compare it to other comic book or pop culture conventions
2: well the other big con the other like only other big one that i travel to every year is new york comic con which is obviously huge um and Yeah, so New York Comic Con is just absolutely huge. And Galley obviously has a lot fewer attendees, which I like, because you're there's, you know, one, you're not packed in, you know, the entire weekend with a bunch of people. But you know, you also ju- you get to know the people who are going too. Like I, you know, there there's people every year when I go that I make sure that I go and say hi to. And sometimes I miss people, which makes me sad. And um, there were a couple people that I didn't get to see this year, but it, and it just makes things nicer too because it's not a huge jostle trying to get everything get in line for everything that you want to do. Um, like I know they they separate um, when they have the big. Uh, you know, the big celebrities that come, like John Barrowman or Catherine Tate, they'll do two different panels for them because they only fit half of the attendant, attendees in the big room. But really, if you want to see a panel, you can probably see a panel. It's not like a big, huge con where, you know, you might stand in line for five hours only to, you know, miss it by, you know, 50 people in front of you. They cut off the line. Um, and and it's nice, too, because even though it is small, they do, like you said, they have a lot going on over the weekend. So you don't have a whole lot of downtime, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, because there might be multiple things you want to do at the same time. But it's it's got a nice middle ground, I think. You know, it's not super tiny where, you know, you don't really know what you're going to do to fill your time. But it's not huge where, you know, you're not going to get a chance to do the things that you want to do.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. It's really small. It's a really small convention compared to the other ones I've I've been to, um, but it's also big at the same time. It's it's small enough to where you run into everyone you know and you can do everything you want to do, but it's big enough to where you could actually, like you said, like you didn't get to say hi to people. You could literally miss someone for a whole convention and be like, "Dude, I never saw you. What the hell happened?" like and it's almost unfathomable, almost unfathomable that you don't run into some of your friends though you're in like the same hotel and that same location for the whole freaky weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that the thing that always strikes me about it is, and you guys hit a lot of these points is that yes, it is small in comparison to like some of the bigger cons that we go to in Southern California, we have like San Diego comic-con, which is like over 130,000 attendees. We have anime expo that's over a hundred thousand attendees and they run for three to four days. And you could go the whole con and never see anybody that, you know, where Gallifrey one runs for like three and a half days. Um, and you can see everybody fit in a ton of panels and, um, you know, still get a lot of stuff done. The nice thing about it is that it's contained to one place. Everything happens in the hotel and um, you're not running around like some of the bigger cons from, you know, across the street to do, you know, panels in one area or, you know, having to run down the street to catch a show you know, that's involved with the con, you know, like two blocks over, like at some of the bigger conventions. Um, But it's like you said, Liz, it's not small enough that you don't know what to do. Like you're sitting around bored. There is literally something going on at Gallifrey One from nine in the morning until two in the morning. And even then three o'clock in the morning and people are still wandering the hotel lobby in what we call lobby con, um, hanging out and just being a part of like the big community. Um how is uh what are your thoughts on because this is something that's really different that I think is very different um, from most cons uh is the vendor hall inside of Gallifrey One. Uh it's much smaller in comparison, how would you compare it to other conventions?
2: <laughs> well, like I said, my other frame of reference for like my, the ones that I go to every year is New York Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con is basically one big vendor hall more or less. Um, cause most of, a lot of their bigger things like you were saying, um, happen either at Madison Square Garden or the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, so But, you know, even though it is smaller, you still find some really cool stuff because everything there is Doctor Who or Doctor Who related or something that they know that Doctor Who people enjoy, um, like Sherlock or whatever. And so it's not like you have to wander trying to find, you know, something that you actually like. You're not going to have to, you know, if you're not an anime fan, you're not going to have to wander through all the anime stuff to find, you know, the Doctor Who stuff. It's all the Doctor Who stuff. And they tend to have some pretty cool things. Um, like, I really like checking out the uh, book vendors every year. Um, last year, I was really excited because I was able to find the story of Martha, which I had heard really good things about but hadn't been able to find to read. Um, and it's smaller. You know, it, it doesn't take up as much of a chunk of a day as it might um at a bigger convention, but that's, you know, again, fine because there's plenty of other things to do. Um, And I I like seeing what everybody brings. I know that this year there was, and probably other years too, I just might not have noticed there's tables that they had like some screen used props, which I thought was really cool. Way out of my price range, obviously, but it was cool to at least see them and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, the, the dealer hall is really small compared to other conventions. Um, if, if someone's going to a convention and that's their thing, they want to see a dealer hall and buy stuff, it's going to take you a couple hours to get through this hall. It's really small, <laughs> but the, the stuff that they have there is really cool. It is like, like Liz said, they're all doctor who related it's all within the fandom. It's all stuff that you're going to like and enjoy. And one of the great things is, yeah, they do have like the prop builders from the show, so I got to I got to play with and hold one of the proper. I don't think it was screen used, but it was an exact prop replica from this current season of the Sonic Screwdriver, the Thirteenth Doctor's Sonic, and stuff like that is really cool. And you can buy re- replicas from um, Nick Roberto. Uh, they're they're pricey, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there, a lot of potential. And you might see the same things every year because there are a lot of the vendors do come back, but that also means like you can get something again next year.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, I, I did buy from them though. I bought, they had the 10th um, doctor uh, bank notes from runaway bride. And I did buy one of those cause they were selling them just for 10 bucks. And I needed one <laughs> cause I do love I the 10th doctor. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, this is probably the only thing you have that's in my price range. So yeah, I'll get it. And I've got it in one of the plastic sleeves. I haven't figured out where I'm putting it yet, but I was like, yep, I want one of those.
1: <laughs> so one of the things like, uh, as Nate mentioned, is that yeah, if you miss something one year, you you know you're pretty certain that they're going to come back the next year. They have a really nice reputation of having like some you know of the same vendors there um, every year, which is really nice. And also, you can find things that you can't usually find in the United States. Some really cool things that are only available in the UK overseas. Um, you know, you get to actually find a Gallifrey one. So the vendor hall is very small. If you just walk through it, you can walk through it in a few minutes. Um, But if you're actually stopping at every booth, you can probably get it all done within an hour or two. Um, But it's a very small vendor hall compared to other conventions where they usually... um, kind of like focus everything around this gigantic vendor hall, where this is the opposite, where everything at Gallifrey One focuses around programming and uh, the different panels that they have going. Um, and then also in terms of panels, what are some of the unique types of panels that uh, you would see at Gallifrey One?
2: I, I like that they have, I haven't. don't always go to as many of them as I would like to, but I know they always have the um, fan run, fan you know, I don't know if staffed is the right words, but they have fans on panels that fans have suggested that Gallifrey won run. And I think that's really great because that definitely makes everybody feel, you know, more like they're part of the con, you know, Um and that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, of course, the main stage panels are always a lot of fun. That's where I find myself more often. But, you know, I'd like CN like, I think, you know, some years Big Finish will record a podcast live at, at Gallifrey One, and those are fun. And there's just, yeah, I, I don't go to the fan panels as much as I would like to just because I've got other stuff that I want to see and do, I guess. But I'm trying to get to more of those uh, now that I know a little bit more about Gallifrey One, I guess. <laughs>
0: You'll, you'll run into, like, a lot, of, a lot of panels that are obviously Doctor Who focused, but, like, you'll get, like, behind-the-scenes, like, commentary from some of the directors of the episodes if they're there. Uh, they'll play it in the, the main hall and start talking about stuff like that. You'll have um, – there's a panel we went to a couple of years ago where it was just – it was just a basically Peter Capaldi appreciation panel where, like <laughs> – People just love Peter, and we're talking about how great the Twelfth Doctor was. Um, there was one that um, Monica was on this year that was just focusing on being kind and modeling ourselves out after after the Doctor. Just focusing on being nice to each other and being kind, and it was an anti-bull- anti-bullying, um, anti anti bullying, anti internet uh, trolling type type panel. Um, a lot of the panels that you'll find there are positivity building, I guess you could say. Um, Yeah, you do have stuff that break down the show, but there's a lot of fan run things that are about like uplifting each other or the community. And that's something different from other conventions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's just so much going on where you, you have this wonderful mix of having all these like, you know, big panels. Like you have the celebrity guests, the doctors, the companions, sitting on in the on the main stage, you know, discussing their time on the show. And then you have other things where you have like the directors talking, you know, on the big main stage about behind the scenes type things. But you also have things like big finish panels, where you can discuss the audio series, you can discuss really uh, niche things from, you know, classic Doctor Who, or even, you know, new who things that you wouldn't find at a regular convention, because this is all Doctor Who based. And there's just so much to talk about. And year after year, there's just so much Doctor Who to talk about. And this is what this is one of the things that I find that's really special about Gally is that there's no shortage of things to talk about when it comes to Doctor Who. And it's a place where you could There's something for everybody there, whether you're just there for like the big celebrity panels or you're there for some of the behind the scenes or if you just really there's enough fan run stuff that it could be just going to panels about the community, which is really nice. And it's something that you don't see at other conventions Um, in terms of guest appearances. What do you guys think is unique about Gallifrey One? I just
2: love that they don't just get the actors, they get the writers, they get the directors, they get the people who've played the monsters or, you know, done the, the props. Um, and because it is smaller, you do get a little bit better. You know, you get nicer interactions with the guests, um, especially, I, I think I told you about this the other day, where last year when Stephen Moffat was a guest, I was waiting for the elevator to go down to the, to the conference for the, for the last day. And I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, you know, the, the light goes, you know, okay, here comes the elevator. The doors open up it's Stephen Moffat and he's just standing there and he says, hi, Missy. <laughs> so, and you, you know, <laughs> you can just chat. I think um, one of my other favorite things that happened with a guest was um, my first year when I was there and Billy Piper was a guest and, um, I went up to her table um, to, to get an autograph. And not only did she say that she loved my costume, but she also said that she saw me in the hall earlier and wanted to tell me that she loved my costume, but didn't get a chance, which you're not really going to get that many other places, uh, you know, because the guests are normally always, I mean, they've got a green room obviously, but you know, they're around, they're walking around and saying hi to people and, I just love that, you know, you get to talk to them more. You're not exactly rushed through. I mean, you know, photo ops are always rushed through because they want to make sure that they're on schedule, but you can stop and chat with them, you know, no matter who they are and you just, you know, it's really, really nice. And I I love that, you know, because it's smaller, you get more out of, you know, the couple minutes that you might get to chat with the guest, whoever it might be.
0: Uh, in terms of guest appearances, this is going to sound bittersweet, and I'm, I understand a lot of the functionality for for this. But Gallifrey One, there there are two two things that are different about other conventions when it comes to guest appearances. One is mystery, and two is just disappointment and uh elaborating on that the mystery is they announced tickets in was it, like april or something like that and you don't have a headliner you don't have guests you have no idea who is coming to the show because but the thing is is that this convention is such an experience that everyone just buys the tickets anyway like nobody there are very few people who care about the guests and even when the headliners are announced there's chances that as far as disappointment, those guests have to pull out. They aren't going to show up. And um, it's frustrating at times um, because sometimes you're really looking forward to meeting some of these actors or or directors or or whomever, but you have to understand that also they have other things going on. They have jobs that they're still doing that sometimes they don't align with the Gallifrey One convention, um, even though they previously said that, you know, they can make it. So that's a little different because I don't see that with other conventions, but the, the benefit of that is not the benefit of that, but the benefit of this convention is this convention is such an experience that there are uh, a lot of times where it doesn't, I don't really care about the guests. The guests are actually a bonus to me on top of like, you're already getting out of this convention. And that's, I think what's different here than from maybe some other things.
1: Oh, yeah, Um, absolutely. I think that um, the fact that Gallifrey One sells tickets before they announce any guest, it says a lot about the convention, the fact that people still will buy it, they'll sell out within a day. And people will still buy tickets with no idea who the guests are going to be. And for the most part, they always have pretty excellent guests. And like Nate said, it is a bonus because there's so much going on at the con that even if they didn't have guests, it would still be pretty fan, run, uh, pretty excellent just on the fan run stuff. So I know you guys already touched on this a little bit, but what are some of your favorite guest moments from Gallifrey One, whether on a panel or personal interactions?
2: Well, I did talk about that a little bit. Like you said, I guess I jumped ahead a little bit. Um, But one of the things that I always enjoy, even though I haven't seen a lot of the older um, episodes of Doctor Who, I'm working on it. But I always love going to whatever panel they do with all the classic Who companion actors because they are all so funny. like no matter who they get, I love seeing them. Um, and I I really, um, one of my favorite panels that they do with, with the guests is whenever they do the live commentaries that you talked about a little bit earlier. Um, this year they did, um, I'm not going to say her name right, but Rachel Talalay, um, did one for, uh, Heaven Sent. And it was just so cool to hear her talk about that episode and it was it was really cool too because she brought with her um some deleted scenes that hadn't been shown to the public yet and it was funny because later she talked about she kind of joked um that the BBC was calling her because she hadn't actually asked anybody's permission to do that apparently but just you know you like I said you because it's smaller you get more from these guests and I think they feel more relaxed too you know because they know that it's smaller and they know that everybody there you know I'm sure that the Doctor Who actors all talk to each other and so they've all you said oh what's that like and they find out that it's really great and the fans for the most part you know apart from a little bit at Stephen Moffat's panel last year everybody pretty much just loves seeing them (laughs) Um, and you know I just you know yeah the guests are pretty much a. A bonus like you said because but they're they're just so great and you can tell that they're there because they love the show and they love the fans and they love, you know, seeing the fans and talking to them and it's I yeah, I really do you know, they just it's <laughs> I should have not said my Stephen Moffat story so early.
1: <laughs> oh well. <laughs> no, I mean that's perfect. You're fine. <laughs> Those are great. Those are all great points. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Moffat and everyone feeling comfortable and just walking up to people, uh, my moment was actually with Stephen Moffat also. He looked like he was, um, and and maybe I was misreading him, but he looked like he was kind of flustered. Like a lot was going on and he was walking towards the bar and I didn't want to bother him. So, (laughs) But I did want to interact with him. So I walked kind of up next to him, paralleling him and said, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for the show. Would you mind if I buy you a drink? He's like, yes. So we walked up to the bar. I bought him. I forgot which specific one. It was a red wine. I forgot which specific wine. I bought him uh, some wine. I shook his hand and we parted ways and I bought Stephen Moffat a drink at the bar. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um And I, I think that's what really makes Galley so special is because, um, you know, you talked about like bumping into him in the elevator yeah. and things like that. Like these are unique things that don't happen everywhere else where like at other conventions, they're flanked by security. Um, San Diego Comic-Con, for example, Jody Whittaker was being pulled away from security so many times um, because of, you know, just for security reasons, obviously safety reasons but also because, um, you know, there's just too many people like running after her saying, oh my God, you know, it's the doctor. (laughs) Um, And so what's really unique about Gallifrey One is that like, they're, they're kind of on their own. They usually have like a handler or somebody that's, you know, guiding them around, but for the most part, they're free to hang out. This year, Catherine Tate was, you know, hanging out in the lobby um, of the hotel lobby, waiting for people to give her ribbons, um, in the morning, you know, just no makeup, hair in a baseball hat, just hanging out, having her coffee and accepting ribbons left and right. She was there to collect ribbons. It was so funny. Just, she had a, um, kind of a thing going back and forth with, uh, John Barrowman about who would collect the most ribbons, in galley, which we should really talk about ribbons at some point, um, later yeah. on. But, um,
0: but you have your own experience also with Ash from a couple of years ago too.
1: Oh yeah, um, we we were staying on the same floor as John Hurt, um, who plays the War Doctor on Doctor <gasps> Whoa. And um, you know, every time we're getting into the elevator, we kept bumping into John Hurt, and it was so nice because, like, my son at the time was I don't know eight or nine, and he was dressed as the Eleventh Doctor, and he was. You know, he was getting his photo with John Hearn and he remembered him. So every time we bumped into him at the elevator, he would say something nice to my son, which I thought was really sweet and a very nice memory for my son because they were so kind to him and the fact that like he remembered him and he's like, oh, you're not wearing your bow tie today. Um, that's so unique and so special. And you just don't get that at other conventions.
2: That's so cute. I love it. <laughs> That reminds me, it's it's not a long story, but I do remember that same year, um, you know, I was waiting for the elevator again, and out walks John Hurt, and then out walks, like, Ingrid Oliver and a couple of other, you know, guests, like, you know, actual Doctor Who guests, and all of them just had this look on their face, like, I just shared an elevator with John Hurt, and they didn't really know what to do about it, and they were, like, actors who have worked with them, you know? But it was just, it was so, you know, because it's, you know, sometimes you don't even notice that somebody's coming off an elevator until you, they walk past you and you're like, oh wait, that, that was, uh, you know, there goes John Hurt. There goes whoever. And it's, yeah, I really do love that. And that's also the reason why I love staying at the Marriott. Cause you get that a little bit more. Like you still get it if you're, if you're staying in a different hotel, but it's just, it is so wild. Just, you know, you get an elevator and it's like, oh, here's this person or they're, um, like, one year, I think the year that I wore my um, my science in the, Li- in the Library River costume, I rode the elevator down the next day with Nick Briggs, and he complimented my costume. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, just the, getting complimented on, on cosplay from people who work on the show, especially, I mean, you know, like when Billy Piper complimented my, I think it was Dressed as the Moment from the 50th anniversary. That was just like okay, Billy Piper I, likes my costume. <laughs> I'm going to need I, a moment here. I'm going home. See you later. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. like,
1: good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That is excellent. Um, so in terms of cosplaying at Gallifrey One, is there anything that you guys find unique about cosplaying at Galley versus other cons?
2: Well, there's just, like, I love that you get such niche Doctor Who cosplay. A Gallifrey one, Um, like, I don't think that if I wore my Princess Astra Romana 2 costume at any other con, anybody would know who I was supposed to be. Maybe, like, one person would get it, you know. Um, I remember, I can't remember who was last year or the year before, there was a couple dressed as... Um, the two people in the art museum in City of Death who see the TARDIS dematerialize. And I'm like, no, you know, you might see them at a different convention, but if you're not thinking about Doctor Who, like you are all weekend at at Gallifrey One, you're not going to really process that. And I'm like, but immediately I saw them. I'm like, oh, the couple from City of Death in the museum. Um, I really loved last year, there was a girl who did a cosplay based on you know cover art from a big finish release because it was this stained glass dalek and she she made an outfit based on that and you just get such unique looks at gallifrey one that you know you you don't really you know they might wear them to other cons but people aren't going to get it as 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 quickly as they would at gallifrey one um and it's you know it's a lot of fun uh to like, like the 13th doctor meetup was a lot of fun because it's just, you get a whole bunch of people all dressed as a 13th doctor and it's just fun to take those pictures too. And yeah, I I love cosplaying at Gallifrey one, obviously. <laughs> and I love seeing other people's cosplays.
0: Yeah. And I completely agree with that. You're going to get a lot of niche things. you can get episode specific things. You're going to see a monster that was featured in like one episode and that was it. um I have a, a buddy who does the 10th doctor as John Smith, when he had his memory wiped and he was quote unquote, technically human. Um, There's just, uh, if you're like a fanatic about doctor who you're going like seeing those specific things, is going to be like really cool because you're not going to see them anywhere else. And this is where like everyone pulls out all those stops and they're like, I really liked this one specific thing. And if anyone's going to get it, it's going to be here at this location.
1: And I love that you guys brought that up because, um, there, there was, that's what it is. Um, Dr. Who cosplay in general is really hard for people to recognize unless it's a very classic, like the bow tie or the pinstripe suit or like, you know, the 13 rainbow coat, um, You know, but there's so much of Doctor Who costuming that's based on just everyday modern styles that like Clara Oswald cosplayers are very hard to recognize at a big convention unless you're really into episode specific cosplay. There's the recognizable Clara with the, you know, Christmas hat and the plaid skirt the tartan skirt. Um, but you know, some of her other costumes are easily mistaken for just everyday wear and people don't realize that they're in cosplay at other conventions, but at Gallifrey one, I mean, you get people that are like, Oh, that's the outfit from this episode and this episode, which is really, really cool because if you're just into like one specific look, you have so many options for cosplay and it's very, very exciting. I had a young lady that I took a picture of last year and she i was like oh can i get a picture of you and she's like do you know who i am and i'm like yeah you're a shielder in you know the 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 girl who died and she just was like shocked that i knew who she was and i'm like you're at galley everybody knows who you are <laughs> and even like um our friend brian he did the ghost uh cosplay that he'd been wanting to the ghost from the uh dr mysterio episode he'd been wanting working on it wanting to wear it to a con but he just didn't think anybody at a regular convention would get it but at the at gallifrey one everybody was really excited to see him so i think that's what's kind of special about um cosplaying at gallifrey one is that everybody gets it you don't have to really explain it and even when it's like a really niche thing um, people really appreciate it, even if they don't exactly know what's going on. They just appreciate the effort that you went to to make it
0: happen. Yeah, it was like um, Eric and I were doing the the Hawaiian uh, Twelve and Missy for a little bit. <laughs> no, no, one knew what I mean. Missy was recognizable, but me as a Twelve and like Hawaiian. <laughs> stuff no one knew what it was but like it was like oh we're doing uh, this based on f- some uh, fan art thing like oh okay cool uh, that's all it took <laughs> yeah
1: and people <laughs> will cosplay even fan art um or like com- like you said liz like the comic book characters it's really really exciting yeah you know one um, of these years i'll finish oh, my
2: my comic yeah. cosplay because <laughs> uh, that jenny that i want to do is from the comics so
1: one year <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> And I'm so bummed that you didn't bring your Jenny. To the I know. I been working on it for so long.
2: Yeah, well, not I, I. hadn't actively been working on it all year. I only really started working on it again in like late December. But one of these years, I I really want to do it this year because um the artist who drew that outfit was going to be there, but just was not going to work if I wanted to keep my sanity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And also, I can imagine traveling with cosplay would be really, really difficult. Like, at least the foam armor cosplay.
2: Yeah. When, when I was going to bring it last year, I got almost everything in a carry-on, but then I just got to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to like how this looks when I wear it, so I'm just going to leave it at home. But yeah, surprisingly, I fit most of it apart from, I think, like the upper leg pieces in a carry-on, which I was really surprised. I didn't think it was gonna be that easy to pack, but You know, so hopefully once I do get it all done I can pack it easily and probably like hard side suitcase and that'll help <laughs>
0: Just wear it on a plane and you don't have to carry on.
2: <laughs> I have no idea what they would think. You should have seen, you should have seen, oh my goodness, the year that I did my, the, the Silence and Library River song, I packed the, the neck piece in, in my carry-on because I didn't want to, you know, risk it getting, even though it's pretty solid because it's like um, resident car body filler, I just didn't want to risk it getting... Toss too hard and have it crack because I didn't know how it would fix it. You should, because I was flying out of, out of Rochester, which is a smaller airport and You should have seen the look on the TSA guy's face as my bag went through the x-ray machine because it's got because <laughs> you know, it's a weird shape and it had wires in it because I just used like little LED you know fairy lights for the lights because I didn't want to mess around with stuff too much. And he just had this look on his face like, what is this? Like, he wasn't like worried that I was going to do anything bad, but he was like, what on earth am I looking at? And I had to explain and I showed them pictures and they're like, all right, you know, but then coming home back through LA, nobody even blinked an eye. I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. (laughs) They're probably more used to seeing weird stuff go through the CSA line.
1: And I think you did a YouTube video about this, didn't you? Like, about, like, tips on, you know, how to travel to Galley and things.
2: No. Oh, well, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And I, I want to do I, – I really meant to do some follow-up videos about more stuff, like, at the – once you get there. But I just ran out of time, so hopefully I'll get those done before next year. But, yeah, I did one about, you know – how to get tickets, how to get hotel rooms once you're there, how you can get to the hotel. I'm so glad that they've got free shuttles from the airport to the hotel, or else I would, because I do not want to drive in California.
1: <laughs> and we'll, like, uh, include a link to that in the yeah. in the post so that people can check it out, because you give some really great advice on that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so this question is geared specifically towards you, because you're the only one of us who's um, entered the masquerade but yeah. what is the masquerade uh like i get one compared to other conventions and what's it like when you're basically competing in only a one fandom genre
2: yeah um really the only other cosplay contest that i've done um was one year i somehow managed to get into the new york comic-con one and then i've done a couple locally it, it's there's not nearly as much pressure as <laughs> as some other ones. Um, and it is nice w- that it is just the one genre. I mean, sometimes you get, you know, stuff from that's like tangentially related to Doctor Who in it, but it's nice because everybody's going to get it when you go out on stage. Like if I had done my Doctor, I Let You Go skit that I did this year, where it went from 12's last, you know, words of Doctor, I Let You Go into Let It Go from Frozen. I do not think that I would have <laughs> gotten the response that I did, because um, people would have just been like, "I have no idea what's going on. Why are her hands glowing?" You know, it's nice because everybody gets it. Everybody is gonna, you know, recognize almost all of the entries. Sometimes you might get stuff that you might not know exact, you know, super well. But like, just for example, when I, when the year that I managed to get into the New York Comic Con cosplay contest because that's one that you have to like apply to be in and they choose people like not everybody who applies to be in it will get in it I was the baker's wife from into the woods and not a lot of people I think knew the costume because not a lot of people saw the movie Mm -hmm. even though I loved it and it's one of my favorite musicals and so it's just nice to know that people are going to know who you're supposed to be, they're probably going to get your jokes <laughs> if you are like me and like to throw in, you know, you know, a joke about, you know, because my brain is crossovers a lot, <laughs> especially with the, with the frozen thing. Um, yeah. And it, and even though, you know, the first year that I did the masquerade, I was really nervous because I'd never done anything like that before. And it was, I think, just like the second costume that I had ever made. And I spent like the morning before, you know, I went to the Marriott because we were staying at a different hotel, but farther away, I spent like the morning, you know, hot gluing the hem and everything. I did not go for workmanship that year, obviously. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) didn't, because I'd never made anything before, so I had no idea how long stuff was going to take. And yeah, it was bad. But you know i still like the costume um but you get you get there and everybody who's there it's not you know it's not like some cutthroat like oh i want to beat you thing everybody is there to support you you know and everybody's happy for you like you know when whenever you know once they finish their deliberations and they're announcing the winners everybody claps for everybody you know, everybody's really happy for whoever won, whatever they won. You know, and and Tony's really great. He's fun. I think he's getting a little bit sick of the um, drink some water jokes, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. He said to me, "Yeah, <laughs> and Tony,
1: for those that don't know, is the masquerade. Um,
2: he's like the MC, presenter. yeah, <laughs> MC presenter. You know, um, he he announces everybody." Um, but yeah, I, um, they were a little late getting the certificates printed off this year. So I, he, you know, found me, uh, once everything was done and, you know, lobby pound was still going strong on Sunday night. And he said something like next year, he's going to find a kid in the audience, give the kid like 50 bucks and fives. And every time somebody says, drink some water, he's going to threaten to take away the money from the kid <laughs> to get them to <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because it's, it's, it's just, it's fun and everybody loves it. And you just, it, it, you just, no matter who you're dressed as, you get such a great response from the audience. And it's just, it's so much fun. Like I, I would be a lot more nervous to do a costume contest anywhere else except Gallifrey one. Cause I, you know, I get stage fright, but at Gallifrey one, I know that I'm going to go on stage and people are going to be happy to see me whoever I'm dressed as, you, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and I love it. It's, it's something that I make sure that I have something ready to go for every year because I just love it. It's one of, it's basically my biggest highlight of Gallifrey one for me when I go every year.
0: And try, try me in as someone who's um, just uh, an audience member and hasn't performed on stage. The, the masquerade, what I find different from anywhere else is is performance Like a lot of costume or cosplay contests that I've seen at other conventions, you go out there, you do your twirl, your pose or whatnot. You stand there for a bit and then you walk off stage. And, but at Gallifrey one, like you actually have your own music. You have a little, you can do a little skit or a little dance or whatever performance that you want to help bring the character that you're, you're bringing, Out for everyone to see to life and it's really cool and touching on on your 13th uh, 12th doctor let it go that performance was working phenomenal like that was great i loved it and like that and you don't really get that anywhere else you don't have that amount of creativity um in showing your your cosplay your outfit with other conventions you can actually go out there and show off yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) and if you could Liz like really quick um just kind of explain to people what your um what your entry to the masquerade this year was
2: okay so um originally my entry was going to be um the armor that Jenny wears in in some of the Doctor Who comics that they do but it just fell through it wasn't working so I had had this idea in the back of my head even before they had revealed what 13's outfit was going to be. I was like, wouldn't it be cool to do a quick change between, you know, the 12th doctor's outfit and the 13th doctor's outfit? And I kind of forgot about it, but it was kind of in the back of my head. And I had been thinking about it, like, oh, how would I do that? And so then when I realized I wasn't going to get this other thing done, I was like, well, I already have the 13th doctor costume. I just have to make the, you know, way to reveal it. And so I. I made the gray coat from the reveal video um, when they announced who, j- who was going to be playing the new Doctor, um, and then I made the black pants, and I made it, so, and actually how it works is I put the the whole 13th Doctor costume on, and then I put the gray coat on over, over top of it, and there's a pouch in the lining in the gray coat, and it, the the longer 13th doctor coat can go in that um and then i made kind of like a false hoodie <clears throat> so that it could zip up and it had the hood and everything and then i had tearaway pants and so <laughs> the narration started with you know some of 12's last words um which his last words are doctor i let you go and then it faded into let it go from frozen <laughs> and then i did and I had some lights in my hands and in the hoodie to make it look like regeneration energy. And then I took the gray coat off and I took the black pants off and it was a quick change in the 13th Doctor.
1: <laughs> Which was really brilliant and Thank well you. executed. Thank you, I was, I, I,
2: was, I, I, I was just glad that I got that sleeve back on because I was like, that wasn't supposed
1: to happen. <laughs> ah, <no."
0: laughs> don't worry, nobody saw it.
1: <laughs> I don't think people know this. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> yeah. awesome so um what advice do you have for those who are considering to come uh, who are considering coming to Gallifrey one for the first time or coming alone
2: you know do you research I mean I'm I'm very much an over planner um the first year that I came to Gallifrey one alone I researched everything I was like okay where am I gonna stay how do I get there how long is the walk over because I think the first year that I went alone I wound up at the Hilton instead of the Marriott. Um because like the very first year my mom and I were staying in the farmer's daughter, which was like a good drive away. And I wish we'd gotten a closer hotel, but you know, whatever. Well, that's yeah. well cause we went part, part of the trip was that we waited until I was 18 so that we could do prices. Right. And it's right across the street from prices. Right. And so we just stayed there the entire time, but we got smarter in, in uh, subsequent trips. Um, but yeah, do your research. Um, it's really nice because if you're flying in from from out of town like I do, there is a free shuttle from the from LAX to the Marriott. Um, you know, research your food options because you, you got to eat. <laughs> if you don't eat, you're going to have a miserable time. Um, and, you know, take a look at the schedule. See, you know, what are the highlights that you really, 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 really want to make sure you do. Like if you really, really, really want to see, you know, the big interview panel with you know, one of the, the big name guests, or you really want to make sure you get a picture with somebody, or you really want to make sure you get an autograph. Make sure you know when the things that you really want to do are, and have some other things that you want to do too, but be willing to just, you know, go around and see what you find. Because, yeah, there's all the scheduled stuff, but sometimes, you know, randomly there's just a bunch of cosplayers of the same character in one area, or it's a planned meetup, and That's fun to see, you know, so plan, but don't over plan where you've got every minute planned out, know what's going on and what you want to do, but, you know, see what else there is too, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Uh, I'm not sure if I have anything aside from that. Uh, I would suggest if you can at all all possible stay in the hotel because I mean, that's probably the best experience you're going to have. And the reason I say that is a lot of programming might end like at night, but a lot of people hang out and play games and karaoke and stuff to like two, three, four in the morning. And you don't really want to walk back to your hotel after that. People do, but that's just, you know, especially when you have, have like a bunch of costume changes that you might want want to do mid convention stuff like that staying in the actual hotel is a lot more convenient it could be done other ways but i just my it's preferable to me to just stay in in the marriott
2: it is hard to get a room in the marriott though because they go in in seconds like Like somehow i've managed to get one for the past four years in the marriott and i don't know how i did it i wish i did But yeah, staying in the Marriott is if you can swing that, if you can be online exactly when they say the hotel rooms are going to go on sale and you get a room, it makes everything so much easier, especially like you said, if you're a cosplayer and you want to have different outfits during the day, you don't have to walk back and forth. Like it's not a long walk to the other hotels in the area, but it's still, you know, you got to leave and then go and then come back. Um, And that way, if you've Bought stuff in the vendor hall. You can just drop it off if you don't want to carry around your picture that you got taken all day because you don't want to damage it. You can go put it back in your room. Yeah, and and then you get the random elevator <laughs> encounters too, Like sure.
0: Yeah, it's true. true.
1: Absolutely, and then also as a parent for us, like it's really nice to be in the hotel because you know kids get overwhelmed and they kind of burn out a lot earlier than we would, for example. And so it's nice to be able to go back to the hotel room and take a refresh or hang out. And also if you're trying to save money and you brought food with you, um, instead of eating in the hotel, it's nice to be able to go up to your hotel room, get yourself a bite to eat from whatever snacks you brought to try to like cut down on cost. And kind of like decompressed too, because there's so much going on and there's things going on, you know, like I said, from nine in the morning until like three or four, there's karaoke, there's gaming, there's a dance party, there's, you know, comedy shows, there's, you know, all kinds of performances that go on throughout the weekend. And, you know, sometimes you need an app. Yeah. Just all I'm saying. <laughs> it's or us.
0: Ooh, one thing I forgot, <laughs> another tip, one thing I forgot to do this year that I should have done is... Um, what do you call it? Like a closing clothing rack or whatever, like a portable clothing rack. If yeah. you're staying in the Marriott, but get yourself a, a a clothing rack that you don't care about because that closet is about the space. Yeah. Yeah. The, the closet is about the size of like a potato sack. Yeah. <laughs> it The, the, the closet is, is absolutely not even a closet. Like you can fit what like a small person in there and that's about it. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i mean yeah no you cannot fit very much in there and depending on what room you got like last year the room that i wound up in had the tiniest ironing board i had ever seen and obviously because i'm packing all my costumes i needed to iron them once i got there especially because my flight was super duper delayed last year as well um but I don't know if they've got clothing racks at the Marriott, but I know they at least if you get stuck in a room that has a smaller ironing board, they definitely have the the bigger ones that they can bring up to your room. Um, Because I asked them, I'm like, I cannot iron on this thing. Please, can I have an ironing board? And they were like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, If you're traveling from out of town or if you're local and you want to stay there, um, you know, the Marriott is really great um, as far as just Being the hotel that the con is happening at, and the access to just being, you know, there. It's really, really convenient to stay at the Marriott. But I did find that when we stayed across the street, at the residence in it was so much nicer the closets were bigger the dressers were bigger the bathroom was bigger it had a kitchen with a fridge and for us we had our kids with us so it was really nice to have like all of our drinks there they had the microwave and they even had like a stove and that was really really great for us as parents um,
0: bring you things
1: oh yeah they have a robot there it was that was really cool they have like, <laughs> a that robot that brings you things up to your room it's really great um but uh, so the other hotels surrounding it are much better um, for storage or for like keeping food in your room. The Marriott doesn't have a microwave in the rooms um, and so it does make it hard if you're trying to like bring food so some of the, staying at other hotels in around the area is like it's totally okay and it's not that bad of a walk to the to the Marriott. The main bonus of being in the Marriott is the convenience of just coming up you know, being on the floor and then going back up to your room quickly. Um, there's also, you know, if you're traveling from out of town and you don't know where to stay, it's really good to ask, like, on the Facebook group or Gallifrey Once Twitter, kind of, like, engage with them and ask where to stay, because we have a friend who, you know, came from the UK, had never been to Los Angeles. Oh, this was
0: post-convention, though, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah this was post-convention. I but, uh, She was going to to stay... Um, somewhere in L- L.A. afterwards, um, after Gallup Fair 1. And uh, if you're extending your stay and staying outside of the convention LAX area, um, definitely do your research on, <laughs> on the hotel. So don't end up in something that looks like a, a hostel from a horror movie in a bad part of town. <laughs> because it's uh, the, the least expensive thing that you could find, which, you know, you know, everyone has their budget, but um, there are definitely some places where you just don't get good vibes. And um, when you're outside of, if you go to stay outside of that local LAX area, just make sure you know what you're you're getting yourself into.
2: Yeah, because I I, um, I tend to go to Disneyland every year after Galley, just because you know I'm from out of town and I I'm out there, I might as well go, kind of thing. Um, and I always make sure I research. You know, whatever hotel I'm going to stay at. I and, mean, you know, I try to stay on the cheaper side of things. But yeah, you don't want to wind up with, you know, bed bugs or something gross or not feel safe, especially if you're traveling alone.
1: Absolutely. And then um, just a last question before we wrap up um, Gallifrey when tickets go on sale for 2020 in um, April. And do you guys have any tips for people who are trying to both get a room and get tickets for Gallifrey One? And, um, you know, any tips on ticket transfers, for example?
2: Um, If you're online when the tickets go on sale, you will more than likely get a ticket. I think there was only like that one year where they had a problem with the server where tickets technically sold out really like within seconds. But every other year, you've usually got. At least a day, if not two, before they completely sell out. Um, and it is really nice, even though you know it, it, you feel bad for the person who winds up not being able to go. But if you, you know, wind up wanting to go, but tickets are already sold out, they always have the ticket transfers. You just have to find somebody who is unable to go and pay them for their ticket. And uh, Gallifrey One is really, really great about you know you being able to transfer a ticket to somebody else's name. Um, Because not a lot of conventions are nice. They're like, nope, you bought it. It's your name. You're stuck with it. Nobody else can go. If you can't go, you know, well, too bad. Um, For the rooms, like I said, for the Marriott, they go within seconds. Like sometimes people people like to accuse them of like doing something where nobody actually gets a room. But I'm like, no, people get rooms. There's just not enough rooms at the Marriott for everybody who would like to stay at the Marriott. Because I think they've said in the past that they've got, most of the hotel for that weekend. Like I don't even think um, I don't even think you can book like a normal room at the Marriott, you know, at their normal rate for that weekend until Gallifrey One hotel rooms go on sale. So you know, you want to be on online right when those hotel rooms go on sale. Um sometimes it might be a little bit later because they're straightening stuff out with the Marriott or whatever.. Um, but you know you can try um you have to be really fast you know maybe sign up for like a marriott account beforehand cuz that helps cuz then it fills all your information in really quickly um but they go fast so don't be disappointed if you don't get into the marriott cuz there's you know like we like was talked about there's a lot of great hotels in the area that are not that long of a walk from the marriott and you, you should be fine with that um one other thing that i will recommend is if you are coming from out of town and have, you know, limited luggage space, um, you can order groceries online and get them delivered to the hotel, which I absolutely was so happy about. Um, obviously there's you know, a bit of a cost involved in that, but it's going to be cheaper in the long run than having to get every single meal from one of the restaurants in the area.
0: Um, basically the t- same tips I'm going to have here is, do you want to pay attention to the times? Uh, the dates and the times and the websites and everything that you need to be on, uh, when those tickets go on sale and when those uh, hotel reservations open up, because uh, that's going to be your best and sometimes only chance to to get <laughs> either get tickets or get a hotel. Specifically, the hotel. The hotel is significantly harder to get than the tickets because once a hotel fills up, it's basically it. you, there aren't a lot of people who transfer rooms unless you you know people who can't go and they transfer it to you so there's a there's a lot of of that but tickets you know get online do go to the website do it the exact time if you don't get it just pay attention to the website. As far as when ticket transfers open, there are a lot of people who post on there and you can get, there are possibilities of getting ticket transfers. Um, I'd say the hotel, I stress a lot more make sure you're, you're there on the dot, uh, trying to get your reservation. If you want to stay in the Marriott.
1: Yeah. And I, I think for me, the only advice that I have, um, is for people who are driving in, And, uh, pay attention to parking. Parking is expensive. Uh, there is a con rate, uh, but sometimes the hotel parking lot fills up really quickly and you have to do airport parking because the Marriott is adjacent to LAX. And, um, airport parking can be expensive. There was one year that I was driving into Gallifrey one and I was paying $37 a day for parking. So uh, include that in your budget, if you're driving in, sometimes it might be better to, it might be cheaper to Uber in if you're local than it is to park, um, at the con. Um, but also it is a holiday weekend. So, um, you know, pay attention to traffic reports, uh, because there's a lot of traffic going on, um, during that weekend, just people flying in and out of town and you're driving through the airport. So the airport is a little bit busier than usual because it's a holiday weekend. It's a long weekend. Um, and that's basically uh, all my advice. Any last thoughts, guys? Should we t- talk about ribbons? <laughs> oh, ribbons, <Yeah>. yes! <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. We'll let you
0: leave.
2: Okay. Um, well, it- I only knew about ribbons my first year because like I said I am an overplanner and I read basically all of the Free one website cuz I wanted to know exactly what was going on so I didn't miss anything. But ribbons, they're basically just little like they say badge ribbons that attach to your your little badge that you get for the convention for the weekend that you have to wear, you know, whenever you're on the floor. Um, They're usually, I can't think of exactly how big they are, but they usually are just a little skinny ribbon. They say a quote or have a picture or something related to Doctor Who or tangentially related shows like this. This year I had a um, DuckTales ribbon because I wore my Della Duck costume. Um or I had a broad church ribbon one year. Um, it's just, you know, quotes or something that you enjoy from the show, or I, I usually like to match them up to um, whatever cosplays I'm doing that year. They're not a like requirement at any, you know, at any stage of anything. Um, but I just, they're, they're really fun. They're kind of like a nice little icebreaker, especially if you go to the meetups um, for, for ribbon trading. Um, cause you know, you buy yours and you bring them and then you trade them with different people throughout the convention and you know, you put them all on your badge. Um, this year I actually didn't put any of them on my badge until afterwards cause I got too many the first day to really do anything with. Um, but they're just, they're just a fun little thing, little extra thing. Um, some people won't do ribbons. They'll do like, um, I think the girl who was dressed as the 13th doctor screwdriver had little spoons that she was giving out. Um, some people will, uh, one of the ladies who was dressed as, I think it was Queen Victoria, had little, like, brooches that she got wholesale and gave those out, um, they're, they're just, a, it's just a fun way, and I think it, it it's also, it, it turns your badge into a nice souvenir of the weekend, because you can look at what the ribbon quotes, you know, what the stuff on the ribbon was, and it's kind of a snapshot of that galley in that year, um, you know, like the year that Jessica Jones came out, I had a bunch of Kilgrave ribbons, for example, um, and usually you get a lot of ones from whatever the most recent season aired was, and it, it's it, it's really just, it's a fun thing to do. You don't have to do it, but if you can, I recommend it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the ribbons are t- totally definitely they're they're something cool. They're they're fun. It's something to interact. A lot of people just get together over ribbons. Um, I I have a thing where I I don't do the ribbons, um, and it was because when we first went to our first galley, it was really late into the game. It was like a last minute ticket transfer, and I couldn't get ribbons in time. But it was on Valentine's Day weekend, so I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I'm just going to make valentines and then print them out and hand them out instead of ribbons and i turned that into the my thing that i do every year is i'll make a different valentine since it's almost it lines up almost with valentine's day every year um but uh one story that someone shared with me i forget who it was and they recreated this ribbon <laughs> and I laughed hysterically at it I was confused because someone had a ribbon that said Dalek and then number one so Mm Dalek1.png I'm looking at like what and then apparently he made that ribbon in honor of someone who had the mistake so he was recreating the ribbon apparently someone went to get a ribbon printed but instead of printing the picture file on the ribbon the ribbon company printed the file name on the ribbon so came over as Dalek1.png. So this guy (laughs) loved that so much that he made it again this year. And I hope that continues because that is pretty hilarious.
2: That's a great one. I love love the creative ones. Like there was that lady this year that had the the picture of the Marriott carpet that said, my happy place. And I loved that ribbon. And then, of course, it turned
1: out to be really bittersweet because the carpet will be no more next year. But no, and that's what's so interesting about Gallifrey 1 is that things like the carpet at the Marriott is an iconic thing to Whovians who go to Gallifrey 1. Yeah, like who. Who else? Like, what other convention do we have? Things like that. Dragon Is it dragon Kong? Maybe Kong? dragon Con. That was a very unique convention. It's very different. Um, and you know, there was a girl who cosplayed the carpet, and she made this beautiful skirt out of a photo of the carpet, and it just had the design everywhere. I'll have to put it into the post so that our listeners can see it. But it's very unique that something like that just kind of like brings people together, and that that's iconic to like Galley itself. And like you mentioned, this year they'll be uh, renovating the Marriott, so the carpet will be removed. And who knows? Maybe the year after there'll be new ribbons with like new carpeting. I don't know. But ribbons are very exciting, and like you said, an icebreaker. It's not something that everybody does, um, but the the ribbon exchange is like a little icebreaker. Makes you a little bit more um, open to talking to people, you know. And mm-hmm. you're you know you're just- ribbons or you're just exchanging it it's just kind of like a nice thing it makes things feel a little bit nicer um ribbons are fun this year there was a group of cosplayers who entered the masquerade (laughs) all dressed as ribbons and that was like the most meta thing I had ever seen they were just so funny and these really cool punny like you know, different ribbon quotes and I was just ecstatic. I loved it.
2: Yeah. People do really cool. Because the other thing too with the ribbons is, you know, obviously you're not going to get every single reference on the ribbons. And so then you might say to somebody like, Hey, what is, you know, this from? And then they'll explain. And then maybe you'll go look at that. Like one of my ribbons this year was a quote from, um, one of the 10th doctor Chronicle adventures that Big Finish does, just because it made me laugh so much. I think the quote was, um, the doctor treated safety, like most of us treat cannibalism, we're aware that it exists, but we have no great interest in trying it. And so people would ask me, what is that from? And I tell them, I'm like, and go listen to it because it's really good. You know, so you get stuff like that too.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, yay. Ribbon. <laughs> and um, I think that's going to wrap up our episode. I just want to thank you guys for being on and for coming on short notice to talk about Gallifrey One. I think overall, we love it very much. Yeah. And it's something that we were going to to go to year after year, definitely um, a big recommend from us to check out. If you're a big Hoovian, to at least go to Gallifrey once.
0: Definitely. Do you want? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess uh, actually one thing I want to say this. It's just aside from everything else, uh, if if you if you want to go to Gallifrey one, if you're a Hoovian and this is something that interests you and you want to go, and then you go and you find yourself there. Um, but you maybe you don't know anyone or you follow someone on social media that you, you're not sure if you should say hello to. Honestly, this is a place where you could just walk up to people and say hello. Everyone is there for a specific reason. Everyone's there for this specific fandom. Uh, you already have things in common that you could talk about and there are people like cosplayers or 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 panelists or anyone. Just if this isn't the this is a great convention to walk up to people and just talk and interact with people and just say hello. Because if you keep going to this convention, every year you're going to see maybe not all the same faces, but a lot of the same faces. And it becomes this little family that it's almost like a family reunion coming to this convention every year. It's so great seeing some of the friends that you don't get to see at any other point in time throughout the year, unless you're online. And then again, it's also really good to see new people and share that new experience with other people. And, and it's just, it's, it's really great. Just if, if you find yourself wanting to come here and then you get there, just, just don't be shy to say hello. Like everyone, everyone wants to interact with everyone. It's a really great experience. And I just encourage that.
1: And hang out
2: at lobby. Con. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hang out in the lobby. <laughs> unless the lobby unless you're like me and you're very, very jet lagged and just need to go to sleep. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different times of
2: Yeah I know it, it means that I'm up Awake <laughs> There's a lot of so people Yeah it means I'm up so early And then like I get to like You know 10 o'clock And I'm like My brain thinks it's 1am Hmm
0: <laughs> But you know I, I always have fun So I'm not usually
2: I'm not usually Doing the late night stuff
1: But I still have fun <laughs> You have plenty of fun Yeah I, I, really, I always have fun with you Yeah I love it yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on. Thanks. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. Um, if you have any questions, uh, let us know in the comments. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit Temple TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.